listening to the Art of Fulfillment podcast. We interview the world's most fulfilled people to share with you the strategies, techniques, and ideas that can help you master your own art of fulfillment. Life isn't about external success. It's all about fulfillment. Or in other words, how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself. All right, everyone, we got two awesome guests today. This is actually the first time I've had two guests on the show, so this is going to be an awesome new exciting format for me um, to to go and, and give to you guys in the world. So we're here with Anna and Flaviano Silva. They are two incredible, incredible people. Um, I had the chance to speak with Flaviano before, um, and I'm meeting Anna for the first time here, but I know they'll be both incredible guests to have on the show, and they are actually a couple entrepreneur um, here on the show who are the founders of Optimal Health Accelerator, which is a 90-day program specifically designed to optimize health through fitness, nutrition, and mindsets. And if you are listening to the show, you know how important fitness, nutrition, and mindset is important to have a fulfilling life. So not only are these guys going to be great guests for that, but they're going to be great guests because they have such an awesome story, um, a journey that is just really, really useful to hear for anyone who's looking for their lives to reach that place of fulfillment and ultimately break through some of the limiting beliefs that you may have. So Flaviano and Anna, welcome so much to the Art of Fulfillment. How are you guys today? We're doing great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. We are honored to be your first couplepreneur on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm honored to have you guys on. It's a real, real pleasure. And I, I love your guys' story and what you guys stand for and everything like that. And when I was doing some research on both you guys, on one of Anna's posts, I, I loved how it said that where you are now is not somewhere where you expected to be like 10 years ago. And mm -hmm. on our show, a lot of our listeners uh, will message us saying like, Hey, like I know, you know, you got to find something that fulfills you in life, but like, I just don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And to hear it from you to say that, you know, you guys, this wasn't really your plan is, but yet you are still so fulfilled is kind of mm -hmm. somewhere where people are probably like, wait, so what does that mean for me? Do I make a plan? Do I not make a plan? So for context, can you guys, give a background on how you ended up to the place that you were now, the messy action that you had to take and, you know, all of the, the things that you had to break through in order to create the fulfilling lives that you guys have right now. Yeah. Wow. That's a big one. Cause that's a lot that we went through to explain all of that. But basically I remember being in that position about 10 years ago, I was in high school. I did really well in school, something that I guess you could be proud of, but I didn't know where I wanted to go with it. And I kept thinking I had to follow the normal grain. I had to go to college. I had to become a doctor, do everything that my family and everybody around me was expecting. And I started off on that path, but we all know it doesn't always end up that way, right? So I started off in school pre-med for neuroscience, which was really amazing, really challenging, really awesome. But life had other plans for me. I was really sick at the same time. I was struggling with depression and anxiety, and I was doing it all on my own. I didn't have, my family was like pushing me to do things, but not actually supporting me on the financial end or even on like the love end of things. You know what I mean? Mm. So I had to step away from school. And that was the one time where I was like, 
whoa, I'm doing something totally different. And it was so scary, but so fulfilling at the same time because I was finally listening to my heart and myself. And around that same time is when I met back up with Flav. We actually met each other in high school. And we both ended up stepping away from college at the same exact time. And we decided to go out for sushi and hang out and catch up. And uh, we've been together ever since then. So that was the one pivotal moment where I was doing something so scary. I didn't know what the expectation was or the outcome was going to be of it. And I ended up meeting my soulmate again. I know I knew him, but I didn't know him until after we both made a really scary decision that we both didn't even know of. It was Mm -hmm. so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it was like, while she was going through that, I was also going through my own journey in college. So in high school, we were both straight A students. Like that was easy for us. We had this plan of go to college, you know, get the best degrees we could possibly get. So she was going for neuroscience. I was going to be, uh, I was going to get my doctorate in physical therapy. So I was Mm -hmm. going for exercise physiology. I actually got accepted into uh, an accelerated course to get my doctorate in six years. So because of that, the, the, the actual uh, classes that I had to go and, and everything that I had to kind of undergo, even in my first semester was ridiculous. I had a full-time job going through that as well too. So it was just like a lot going on. Uh, and I made the decision at the, the end of my first semester to, to step back from that. And I didn't feel, um, I mean, this is called the art of fulfillment. So it makes sense. I didn't feel fulfilled mm-hmm. while I was going through that. I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, the, the classes are, are easy. I, I like that I'm doing this. Uh, you know, I, I love talking about the human body and working on the human body and, and, and all things anatomy and physiology and things like that. But just my day to day, just just started getting worse and worse and worse. And I like, didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to go to work. I didn't want to go to school. Uh, and when I dropped out, like that's, that's when I met back up with her and the rest is history. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. I love how you guys were on the same wavelength basically when you guys met, right? Like you're both like in the same spot where you're going through the motions of the classic, go to school, get a good job, all those things. And then you decide to make this big decision and both you guys meet each other at that same point in your life. I feel like that's such a good connecting point. It's, it's great to see that, you know, I, 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 I wholeheartedly believe, and I think you guys can agree that this is probably one of the reasons why you guys are still together, still thriving, doing great and growing every single day because you're on the same uh, path together. And one thing that I want to ask both of you is that what was the thing that really caused you to take that leap? Like when you were in college going through the motions and stuff like that, because I personally know people who are in that position who are going through college, but they're like, I, I just can't do it because my parents are going to, you know, totally like, see me as like a failure or my friends are telling me you're crazy. Like everyone is like going against me and things like that. So for you guys, like were those thoughts kind of going through your head? Was that your reality? And how did you actually get yourself to take that action? Cause I think it's something that is one of those simple, but not easy things, but you guys did it. And I'm, I'm wondering to hear you guys thoughts on that. Oh yeah. So that's something I grappled with for almost a year. I started school at one college and then I transferred to my, what I wanted. It was my dream school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to Brandeis University and in the Boston area, it's a really, really good school. And I was on campus for about three or four weeks and every single day I felt so alone, mm-hmm. so alone. And I was having panic attacks when I would walk into my lecture rooms. There would be like 300 people around me and I'd be like tears welling in my eyes thinking like, what am I doing here? None of it felt right. I knew I could get good grades in my classes. I knew I could graduate with a great degree, but I kept asking myself, what is the purpose of this if I'm suffering every single moment? 
-hmm. And I felt like nobody cared. Nobody was asking. Nobody was there to support me. So for weeks, I just kept thinking like, all right, I don't know what's on the other side, but I know this is so bad. This is not it. So if anybody is out there and you're wondering like, how bad are my, is my family going to react to this thing? How, how much am I going to let them down? Well, how much are you going to let yourself down and your future down and the potential that could be of you being in alignment with something that is your greatest purpose? Your purpose isn't to walk into a room and have a panic attack and need to run out and miss classes that you're paying for. Your purpose mm-hmm. is to do something that makes a difference for you and whatever you choose it to be. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, man, I mean, there was, there was so much going on throughout all of those classes. So I actually took 10 classes, my, uh, my freshman year first semester, actually 10 classes while working Yeesh. full time. Um, and th- it was for my major and for my minor, I was getting a minor in nutrition and going through all of that. I, I felt like the actual studies were, were they were, they were fine. The, mm-hmm. the workload, the workload wasn't, wasn't actually hard if you break it down per class and it was kind mm-hmm. of easy for me. Uh, and, and, and that wasn't really the, the challenge. The challenge was just having to mentally undergo that. And I felt that every day that I was going, going through that, going through the motions, like going to school and then leaving, going to work for, you know, four to five hours, then coming back to have another class because my schedule was all over the place. That wasn't something that I envisioned myself. Um, I envisioned in alignment with, with what mm-hmm. I wanted. So, um, and ultimately too, my, my experience with, with school, my entire life has always been every time I get report cards and, and progress reports and things like that from, from teachers, it would always say, Hey, he's fantastic on paper on tests. Like I can always count on him to get an A, but he sucks to have in class. He like doesn't participate. <laughs> he doesn't care. And it's, it always seemed like that. And it's like, I felt like I was always destined for just like higher thought or something, you know, and that's why I thought college would, would be great for me. I'm like, oh, you know, People take this seriously in college. Well, they don't. There's so many things going on. And, at the time, I felt like, let me step away from this. And um, I don't want any of the listeners to get confused and think that the second that I dropped out of college, everything just kind of like went perfectly. <laughs> I dropped out of college and said, well, what's my fallback? What am I going to do? And I had so many years of sales experience. So I was like, I'm just going to go back to sales. Mm. You know, and I went through shitty sales jobs, shitty sales jobs, shitty sales job. And it, it, it took, I don't know, maybe, what do you say, Anna, probably four years, five years to to finally like one morning I just had a fantastic cup of coffee and I was like I'm 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 gonna be a personal trainer I think I'm gonna get into fitness I'm gonna do that and she's like all right I'm all for it let's do it and that was just like that was really what kick-started it it wasn't the second that we dropped out of college wow that's awesome and I love that illustration because it shows that you didn't have a plan like right away you were just like I know this isn't it and I don't know what is but at least I know this thing is not it and I think that's what people miss is like like just because you don't know what that thing is, if something isn't for you, that doesn't mean it's an excuse to stay in it, right? And I love how both of you guys are aligned on the same path of like, it wasn't what you've envisioned for yourself or your life, right? Because I think everybody deep down like has an idea of like where they would like to be in five, 10 years, right? If you really push the people and say, where do you want to be in five years? They're going to give you an answer like one way or not. But it's like, I think hearing your story will inspire a lot of people to just have the consciousness to ask themselves and be like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Like, is this aligning with that five-year path? And I love, you know, how you pose it as like a question that you just got to ask yourself because sometimes that's really all it takes to get that jump. So I love how right after that, you know, you, 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 both you guys are out of school and you're pursuing your thing. And then four years, like 
is when you kind of get to the point where you're like starting to figure out like what, what kind of track you're on, which is like crazy. So during those times, did you guys like really face um, any deep maybe insecurities or beliefs that may have been strewing up along the way, uncertainty, and not even just in that time, but like on the time period, like when you decided to start coaching and everything like that? And how did you guys like really learn how to um, conquer those things if they were obstacles for you? Wow, that's a really great yeah. question. Um, I know in the back of my mind, I'm thinking for me, I was always more independent growing up. I mm -hmm. was always the girl, my parents were like, ah, she'll figure it out. And I always did. But I know for Flav, like his parents, and he was actually born and initially raised in Brazil. Oh, so there no was shit. pressure on him to get a degree and be the first of his family to go to an American school, become an American doctor and do that sort of thing. So did you want to touch upon that a little bit? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, the, the initial thing that went through my mind is I felt like a fucking failure, you know? Oh gosh, yeah. uh, there was so much writing because I, I wasn't going to school for me. I was going to school for my family. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there was this, this huge plan that was partially um, impacted by my parents and what they wanted me to, to do. But the whole plan was, you know, become a doctor here, get a name for myself here, and then go build a booming practice in Brazil. Because mm -hmm. that what I would become here is so, so much needed in Brazil. Like there are so many people that are specialists in exercise physiology that go into physical therapy, you know, they get their doctorates in that and then do whatever with it, you know, and, and my, um, my course of action was I wanted to, um, to work with teams, to work with sports teams mm. and, uh, and undergo that. And that was much more, um, I guess, esteemed in, in Brazil. So that was kind of my plan. And I felt like all of that was riding on it. Like my whole family was counting on me and, and I felt initially like I let them down. I was like, fuck, man. And, and every single day after I dropped out of college was just kind of like this, this impactful learning lesson. Like I just had to like fuck up time and time again and go through things that um, it really challenged us as individuals. Uh, all the jobs that we went through, basically all the ups and downs that, that, we, that we went through as well. But I felt like it was kind of ironic that it took us the length of what our degree would have been to find ourselves. Yeah. So, but it's, it's an entirely different course of action. So while people our age that were in our, our year in, in, in high school and college and everything, we're kind of tracking with them and we see, oh, wow, everyone's getting degrees. Holy shit. And we're like, everyone's getting degrees, but now we have, you know, almost at the time it was almost seven, eight, seven or eight years of sales experience mm -hmm. of, of work experience for me, it was sales experience of just like overall work experience. So mm -hmm. when, when I went to, 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 uh, to really apply for something that was in that, in that fitness industry after I got my, um, my certificate as a personal trainer, that was like, you would look at my resume and you would think that I was 45 years old <laughs> because you don't, you don't expect somebody to have that. And, and, and the thing is, is like, it wasn't all sunshines and rainbows. It's not like, Oh my God, look at, look at my resume. Look at everything that I've done. It was so great. It was like, no man, it was, I, I was going through torment mentally through all of that shit. And it really took me the, dur the duration of what I would have spent in college to really find myself. And it actually took my parents a few years to, to understand that as well. Like wow. they were always supportive in the back of their minds. Yep. Hey, we know he's going to figure it out. But I knew that front facing, there was always this kind of level of disappointment. Like, what is he doing? You know, mm -hmm. he's going to be successful. He, sh he needed to be a doctor. That's what he was meant to do. And uh, it, it took them a few years to kind of come around on that too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
Yeah. And as for me, my biggest fear throughout all of it, um, I had a chronic illness when I was in college. I guess that was also what fueled me to step away. On top of the anxiety and the depression, I was suffering from chronic migraines and a lot of other inexplicable like autoimmune symptoms that I was dealing with. So when I left school and I had to start working full time, it was another challenge of, will I have enough energy to get through my shift and not lose my job? Mm-hmm. And then it evolved into, well, like, am I doing this job just to make minimum wage or am I doing something that is going to actually turn into something? Cause I always wanted it to be more. And we ended up both doing some certificate programs, trainings, just to get like knowledge and things under our belt. And I was studying herbalism, nutrition, health and wellness. So I had all of these things and I was teaching workshops and I got my yoga certification. So I was also teaching yoga and I kept thinking like, wow, I'm like the Jill of all trades. Like I can do so many things, but how do I do it all together and have it feel purposeful? And we were both actually working at a title boxing club. We were both managing there and he was teaching some classes. I was doing the marketing and I just remember looking at him teaching class one day and thinking like, wow, he is running the show here. Like he's training all the trainers. He's teaching all these members and he's doing an amazing job. Why can't we do this for ourselves Mm. and build our own business out of this? And that's when we started to explore the option of coaching so that we can make a greater impact that wasn't just in person, but could reach more people in an online space. And that's how we kind of got into coaching. Um, And it wasn't super simple from there. It was, okay, now we're going to be an online coach. Well, what do we do? (laughs) Or now we're going to do it for ourselves. Well, do we leave our job? How are we going to make it work when Mm -hmm. we're both doing it on our own? We don't have a stable income to rely on. Mm. So those insecurities definitely came up on a regular basis, but Mm. just trusting that we knew what to do. We made it this far. There's no way we're going to completely fail. And if we do, that's a massive learning lesson. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was something that just, it hit us so hard when, when we had this idea of, let's, let's do this for ourselves. Let's just be entrepreneurs that, um, I, I was getting feedback from, from my parents and, and they wanted to play the, the safe route to, to say, Hey, do this on the side, just build it up over the course of X amount of time. And then once you feel secure enough, then you can leave your job. Mm-hmm. And I had an open conversation with, with my boss at the time, the owner of, of that title boxing club. And she said the same thing. She's like, Hey, I know you want to do this, but like maybe do it on the side. And then, and I knew a lot of that was kind of the bias of like wanting to keep me there. Uh, so from every angle, I had that same feedback except for between us. Wow. So I was like, go for it. Let's go on. Right. So I I had this, this brutal moment of just like, why am I going to build this up over the course of five or 10 years to then leave my job? If I leave my job, I can do this faster. I can dedicate more time to this and I can love what I do every day. So I just said, fuck it. And we just, we jumped, we left our job. We started online coaching. We, we signed up for, for OCA and went through OCA to, to really get, uh, get that business side of, of things as well as our actual you know, fitness and wellness experience. And that's really brought us to where we are today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And OCA is the online coaching accelerator for people who don't know, Mm -hmm. um, just to help you build your online coaching business. But I would also add, we're not encouraging people to just quit their jobs and figure it out. We did have a little bit of a cushion of some Mm -hmm. savings and Mm -hmm. enough that we knew our expenses would be handled if we didn't make any money for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. And that is something I would suggest if you are thinking about 
quitting your job and just going all in, have a little bit of a cushion, but also some massive faith in yourself to be able to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I, I love how the overarching kind of message from your guys' story and answers are that, you know, you guys don't have plans for these things, but you just go for it. And it's amazing. Like you just got to take the messy action and just go for it. And, and even though, you know, you don't know what it is, you're going to figure it out. And like you said, Anna, if, even if you fail, even if you fall on your face, you learn. And like having that experience, like when you guys were saying, it was like, yeah, during those four years, like it was almost like the best teachings that you guys got because I at least my personal experience like listen I got a degree in college and everything like that and I respect what college can give some people but I think there's nothing that can give people more than experience and you guys I think are living walking breathing proof of it and one one thing that I kind of just want to you know kind of just take on a little bit of a tangent now that I have both you guys on here and with this is the first time having you know a couple on here is that you know during those times and I mentioned to you Flavio before Flaviano before the show that a lot of our people who listen to us, one segment of it is high performers who are kind of maybe a little burnt out in their careers. And I know that one downside of those things could be it comes into their relationships. And so for you too, how are you guys able to thrive even with the uncertainty and all those things and not pull it into your relationships and actually get to a place where you're working together and being partners in the business sense as in life as well? So can you kind of give a little bit of reflection on that for those who maybe you're in that situation who are listening. So there's two things. (laughs) Well, maybe three. The first one is it will leak into your relationship. Mm -hmm. So that you just need to acknowledge and just have the awareness that everything is intertwined and you're just going to have to figure it out. And then the second part is communication, Uh, communication, communication, communication. When you're feeling something, if you're uh, uneasy about something, talk about it and plan it out. We sometimes even schedule in like, Hey, this time we're just going to power down and chat or like watch Mm -hmm. a movie. We make sure to have like family time times where I love to cook. So we'll cook together. We'll make dinner, have maybe a glass of wine or something and just unwind and let each other know that like business is off the cards right now. And it's Mm -hmm. just about us. And making it a point that if you're not naturally doing that, you're scheduling it in because your relationship is probably the most pivotal part of you being able to be successful because at least for us, that support system gets us through and reminds us of like what we're actually capable of. I know sometimes we even like coach each other where we're like, I'm feeling uneasy today. I'm kind of doubting myself. And I'm like, no, you're not. You are a rock star. Don't forget it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it, it really kind of boils down to the major problem being that people are always in search of work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And work-life balance is non-existent. It, it has to be about work-life integration. Mm-hmm. If you want this, like, I work from X amount of hours to X amount of hours, and then I shut down. If you want to shut down, you can't change the world. You need, you need to be on, but not always working. You need to have that integration where we have those times where we're winding down. That's fine. But before we do so, we make sure that everything else is taken care of. Mm-hmm. We're not just, you know, twiddling our thumbs for eight hours of the day and then mentally punching out, mentally clocking out, and then just chilling, hanging out, <laughs> doing nothing. We make sure that there are things that are taken care of. And, and uh, ultimately, it's that work-life integration where we can really seamlessly uh, transition from each of those points. Or maybe one of us needs a rest. Maybe she's like, hey, I, I just need a day to kind of wind down a little bit. You handle your stuff. I'll pick it up tomorrow. And, and we can do that. And we have that communication, again, which is the most important thing, to be able to have that fluid work-life integration. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once you have those two things, the third point is understanding that not every couple is meant to be business partners. Mm. However, when we started out in coaching, we were both doing separate one-on-one coaching. Flav was doing a lot of fitness and nutrition work with mm-hmm. clients, and I was helping women with stress and anxiety, what mm. um, And we realized we complemented each other really well because his clients at the end of their time working with him or at the end of his program, they wanted more of like the mental, the stress work, the energy work that I was focusing on. And my clients then wanted more of a physical transformation. Mm -hmm. So because we realized that we complemented each other in that realm, we decided to bring our coaching together. We also had experience managing another place together because Mm -hmm. we had worked together before. So if you're, anybody out there is considering working with their partner, there are ways to just figure out like, will you do good in business together? Or are you going to clash? Are you both super strong headed visionaries? Or do you both like to do manager tasks? Because if that is the case, you're going to clash in like, there's no way around it. Mm -hmm. We just happen to know our strengths and our weaknesses. And we focus on putting each of us in our strengths and making sure that we can just thrive there. Right. She, mm-hmm. she thinks with her heart, I think with my head. So she's a really <laughs> wonderful, she's a really wonderful visionary. And then I tie into that with a lot of the integrator roles of she's like, here's, here's my vision. Here's what I want to do. And then we meet about it. We actually have like formal meetings, not just like chats over dinner and wine, like formal meetings. I mean, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> but formal meetings where, where we're like, okay, we're going to take our, you know, relationship hats off and, and mm. talk as, as company owners, as entrepreneurs, as business owners. Um, and she'll have that idea and, and I'll say, all right, here's, here's how we can execute. And we kind of go, go back and forth and see how we can find something fluid and then go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's where that, that complements That's where we complement each other really well. But if you have two people that are really head thinkers, they're going to clash mm-hmm. people that are heart thinkers. The company's going to spiral out of control. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. On purely on emotions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was that, that's an interesting one for sure. But yeah, no, I love that because even with not just uh, couples who work together, but business people who work together, right? Like the best ones, like when you think of like Jobs and Wozniak, or like um, you know Bill Gates and Paul Allen, they both have like complementary skills that you know, they've, they fed off each other. So I love how the same thing applies when it comes to working with your partner, um, in that scenario. And I love how you guys are really all about the open communication. And I love the concept of work-life integration because your life's your life, right? Like you work, that's, that's your life. And after work, that's also your life. And everything is just one and the same. And I love how both of you guys are, you know, um, thought leaders in the health space and, the reason why I bring this up is because one of two reasons, there's kind of two aspects that I want to take this. The first thing is like, I know that you guys both came from a background where, you know, health was needed and you made a transformation in your life. So I know like Flaviano, you said you grew up or, you know, doing the research, grew up an overweight kid. And like now, you know, you're, you're in great shape, man. You look great. And I can tell you feel great and everything like that. It's awesome. And, and for you, Anna, you said you had like health troubles, like growing up and everything like that. So, um, what what was it that made you want to make the transformation for yourself from a health perspective, like first and foremost? Because, you know, I believe that it's an important part. And then I have a follow-up question to that too. But I kind of just want to say like from the transformation side, like what did it take to like get yourself to transform yourself physically? Yeah. So it, you kind of feel bogged down when uh, when you get to a certain point. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're you're mentally heavier than you actually are. Mm. Uh, you're carrying a lot, you know, and that shows in your body language. Uh, mm. I, I would always kind of walk around like, 
you know, like something was going to come out of the blue and ruin my day. Mm-hmm. And even if I was like having a great day, like that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized that I got to a certain point and this was uh, probably early on in high school where I was like, oh, I, I need to be a little bit more active. I need to do something. And it took me a while. It wasn't just like, wow, I need to be active. And then I had that, that dedication to actually be active. It was a lot of ups and downs there as well, like with any journey. And I needed to find what I liked, what I enjoyed, and, and the reason that I was really doing it. And um, I noticed for a while I, I got into to sports. I did like after school athletics in school. And I started to get in, I guess, quote unquote, better shape. Mm-hmm. But I never felt any better. Um, and I realized after several years of just doing sports and eating like shit that a lot of it was down to what I was putting into my body. Mm. And, uh, I tried so many different diets out there because that's the first thing that you do. You just, you go on Google and, uh, and you look up like, you know, how to lose weight. What, what's, what's the diet that you, you know, that you, you're going to want to do. And you just get all these shitty results, man. You just get like, Hey, you should do weight watchers. You should do keto. You should go whole 30. You should do paleo. And guess what? We we did all all of them. (laughs) All of them. Yeah. And nothing worked, man. Nothing worked. And some of them you would see long term. Right. Some of them you would see immediate results, but then they would just go to shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like back to your old self. Yep. You have a weekend where you're not super dedicated to going to the gym or or eating healthy. And it's like your body just plumps right back up. And Mm -hmm. and I know that that's not something that was was uh, justifiable long term for us. So um, it took a lot of trial and error there. There was also a time where when I first started dating Flav, he was going to the gym three times a day. And I'm not yeah. talking about like going for a walk in the morning, then going in and like uh, doing legs and then going and doing yeah. Like he was doing a full body workout really hard for at least an hour, three times a day <laughs> and taking so many supplements. Yeah. And like, yeah, he was fit or he was Mm. like strong, but he didn't seem healthy because he had these insane bursts of energy and then he'd crash and be super agitated and angry. Mm -hmm. And I remember pointing it out to him being like, this is not healthy. (laughs) I know you feel like you're going to the gym and it is, but it's an unhealthy situation right Mm -hmm. now. And he was so mad at that, (laughs) but eventually he ended up kind of finding a balance of like, you don't need to go to the gym for three hours a day and pop supplements to be healthy and fit. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it took that for you to get to that point. The the problem is that that's what the fitness industry told me. And that's why I'm here right now to tell people that are also looking at that in the fitness industry that that is not a viable solution. It's Mm -hmm. not. I was told that it was just about how, how hard you work out. You, you look at all these bodybuilders and muscle heads out there and, and whatever's being told or whatever's being, being mainly promoted by the fitness industry. And it's about like hard work, no pain, no gain, sweat, you know, and, and on the opposite side of it, the, the, the marketing that's usually targeted towards, towards women, it's like booty gains and slim, slim waist. And, you know, so, so there's this, this sort of, um, external bias about how you should look and, and what you should do to to look like that. Uh, and I did that. And I was pretty overweight all my life. But I actually continued when I started working out um, at the gym. I didn't really lose much body fat. I just started getting more muscular. I was just which taking a bunch of shit, healthy. which which is not healthy. I was taking a bunch of shit. And I, I, I went to the gym three times a day, two or three times a day uh, over the course of like five or six days a week. 
and I got to a point. If you miss a day, yeah. oh my gosh. If I miss a day, I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't feel like myself. You wouldn't want to be around him. <laughs> exactly. So I got to a point where I was just about 205 pounds, and I looked strong, but I felt like shit. Mm. And uh, it, it really took her, you know, from, from an external lens saying, hey, I, I don't think that this is. supplements. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't think that this is healthy long term. I continue to do my own research and uh, found that it wasn't, man. Found that I was, I was going down a really wrong path and that it was really the industry that told me to do that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's incredible, man. Like, and I, I think it's really, it, health is an area where there's just so much stuff out there, like you said, right? And we take it all for face value and because like, we'll see like a guy who's like super jacked, which first of all, you don't even know if he's like natural or not. And he's like, take this product. And you're like, oh yeah, okay, sure. And you try it out and then you don't feel good. Like you might look good, but I think looking good and feeling good could be two entirely different things. Like, especially when, because I know personally, like some people who are like jacked out of their mind, but I know they're not feeling great. And right. And one thing, it's a quote that's kind of, or a meme that's kind of going around lately is like a Jim Carrey quote that is saying like, you know, if you're depressed, like, and you're not eating healthy, you're not moving, you're not getting sunlight, you're not doing those things, like you're not giving yourself a fighting chance. And I, I love how you guys are not about necessarily getting healthy for the sake of getting healthy. Like you guys are about getting healthy to like really live a filled life and one that can like go into all areas of your life. And I think it's an area that people tend to not think about when their life seems like it's falling apart, right? It's always like, should I be doing something different? Like in my career, my relationships? And it's like, maybe you need to take care of your health. So could you guys like touch upon why health is so important to master in order to have a fulfilling life? Because I think you guys are really good at explaining it. And I wholeheartedly agree. And I think, you know, some of our listeners, they need to hear it because it's, it's not something that is too often talked about when you talk about fulfillment and purpose and everything like that. Right. Yeah. I can share a little bit about my story with that actually. Cause yeah. I, it goes hand in hand. So at one point in my life, I was bedridden. If I had a work shift, I barely had enough energy to get to work, clock in on time, get back home and then crash. Mm. And my digestion was awful. There was so many foods that I couldn't eat. I couldn't go out into the sun. I was light sensitive. I couldn't hear loud noises. I wasn't socializing because I couldn't be out for very long. And I remember just like the only thing that was ever on my mind was how can I get through today? Not even tomorrow, not even next week. It's like, will I survive today? Mm. And that eventually turned into the question of like, what is the point of this? there's no way, like, there's nothing actually wrong with my body. Like I am so privileged to be decently healthy, but for some reason, no doctors could explain what was wrong with me and I didn't understand it. And so I just kept trying different things. Like I did different diets to try to get more energy and fix my digestion and to be able to eat more foods. And it took years of exploring these options and trying to figure out what works for me until I found something that slowly increased my energy. And eventually I'm at the point now where I can do handstands and headstands and I can go for miles on end running and go work out and be outside in the sunlight and work for 12 hours a day by choice. And that's something I never thought could happen 10 years ago when I was so sick. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're looking for any kind of fulfillment, your health is step number one, mm -hmm. because if you can't get out of bed and you don't have any energy, there's no way you're going to live a life of fulfillment. You can't be present for it. Mm -hmm. Your mind, your body, 
your soul, they're all interconnected. And if you're not nourishing them with things that are going to fill them up and keep them energized, there's no way you're going to be on the path to purpose, you know? Mm -hmm. And they say like, there's two, two types of food or fuel. There's food, like what you eat. And then there's also being with your purpose, but you Mm -hmm. can't have one without the other. And Mm -hmm. you'll never be completely fulfilled if you're not filling up both sections of your life. Yeah, it's true. And and one thing that we wholeheartedly believe in and what we live by every single day is something that we like to call the overflow principle. And normally when you start your day, if you start your day with a full cup, you're taught that in order to perform your tasks and do what you need to do, you start taking from that cup. Mm-hmm. So you start the day with a full cup and then you go to work maybe eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, whatever it is that, that your, um, your situation is to the listeners out there. And by the time you get home, you feel drained. You feel like you need to just lay down for 10 hours and just sleep it all off and then repeat the next day again. And you feel like that sleep is really what slowly starts to recover and fill up that cup so that you can just reuse, repeat, do the same exact thing. And that's, that's really what was happening to Anna at one point where she's like, I just need to get through today. And what, I have only this much water in my cup right. and then I'll be on empty and then I have to slowly fill the water back up, but it might not really get that full. Exactly. That's exactly. not a full cup. And that's, that's, yeah. normal, that's normally what we're taught to do day after day. It's like, that's the energy that we give out to people. And then we just recuperate when we get home and when we're alone. And what we wholeheartedly believe in is called the overflow principle, which means that not only is our cup full, but we're consistently pouring into it. So I'm never taking from that cup to do anything, to give to others, to give to my business, to give to my partner, to give to my family, to give to myself. I'm always pouring in whatever comes out is overflowing. Mm -hmm. So I don't need that. Yeah. And things that pour into your cup, for example, are getting a full night's sleep every single day, Mm -hmm. hydrating really well, eating very nourishing foods that are going to fuel your body, moving your body, doing things that you love, creating Mm -hmm. if that's what you like to do. Um, having fun hobbies, socializing with friends. Those are all things that fuel you internally so that you can externally give more. And the more that you fuel yourself with something like people call it self care, Mm -hmm. the more actual self care you do and the boundaries you set for yourself is the more you can give to others Mm -hmm. and give to your life purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I I love how you integrated like the, the hobbies and the things that you love in there with the health stuff as well, right? Because those things all matter. It's the holistic thing. Like you were saying before, Flaviano, like you, you got to look at everything in the holistic, not just in the single buckets, like your physical health is not separate from your mental health. It's all one and the same. And I love how you guys explained it. And for, for those of our listeners who are thinking that they really want to upgrade their health and their life more principally. These are the two people that you need to go to for sure. Um, I think they're awesome and in the, and their content that they put out is amazing. But, um, before we end the show here, um, I, what are like two, and I know you mentioned like a kind of like high level, like some things that people can do, but what are two things that people can do starting today that will help them to live a more fulfilling life, whether it's something in their health, whether it's something of the self-care nature, maybe something that you guys do on a daily basis that helps you to get fulfilled. But what can our listeners start implementing today to help them get on the path to more fulfillment? Mm -hmm. So uh, if you're listening right now, grab a pen and paper. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're going to write this down. I want you to write down five things and save space for a sixth. So the five things I want you to write down is nutrition, movement, hydration, sleep, and stress. Now, on each of those five things, I want you to find three things. Put on your negative 
thinking cap. Mm-hmm. And I want you to find the one time we'll say that. Yes. <laughs> I want you to find three things in each category that are going wrong for you right now that are not the way that they should be uh, and that you need to analyze and fix. Once you find those three, write, write down three in each category. You should have 15 things on that paper. Start to think, because they're usually, it's usually all about a domino effect. So start to think there's usually one in each category that causes the other two. So circle the top one in each category. Now you have five things to, to focus on. Mm-hmm. Now start creating solutions for that. If maybe in one category it's under movement and it's like, I never go to the gym, start with a 10, 15 minute walk in the morning. Mm. Simple. And if you think about those categories like that, it, instead of just like this amalgam of, of things to do, think about them in each individual categories. Maybe sleep, you're like, wow, I'm only getting four hours of sleep a night. Okay, that needs to be adjusted. What can you do to ensure that you get seven to nine hours of sleep a night? Mm-hmm. And then start creating solutions that way. Now, once you've gone through each of those, your sixth is mindset. And that mindset is really what is going to tie everything else in. So you have actionable steps for those five, but those are all shit if you don't have the proper mindset that, that tells you, I know I can do this, I can be successful, because you fucking can. Mm-hmm. You can. And that's something that it takes people years years to get over that hurdle and understand I can actually do anything that I set my mind to. It sounds like it sounds like something straight out of a movie or a fantasy book. Oh my God, I can't do that. Of course you can. Anything that you set your fucking mind to, you will accomplish so long as your mindset is actually there. So work on your mindset, do these tasks. Like Anna was saying, hobbies, things that pour back into your cup, things that are fulfilling for you. Maybe you love playing chess, play some chess. Maybe you love building puzzles or painting. Go ahead and do that. Maybe you love getting massages. Go ahead and do that. I think we're something. a list of like 20 now. Yeah, but <laughs> that's, it's one major actionable step, but it's just something yes. that you can do right now to start taking control of your health because your overall health is not just what you get checked up at the doctor. It's everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A really great question to tie into your mindset piece that word can be such an umbrella term for people, but a question you can ask yourself if you're doing that exercise is, what belief do I have that is getting in my way? Mm. What do I believe about myself and the world that is stopping me from having all of the other things that I need and want Mm. so that I can connect to my bigger purpose? Um, That could, I'm trying to think of a quick example of like, I believe that I, uh, need to be a doctor in order to be loved. Mm-hmm. That's an example. Or mm-hmm. I believe that I need to do exactly what my parents want in order to make a difference in the world. Right, right. Or I believe that I can't do anything unless it's perfect. That's a perfectionism tendency, which people usually have. So I believe I can't, I can't make any steps unless I know that that's going to be the right step. Mm-hmm. That's one that usually holds people back. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if I were to say two things that the audience could take action on right now that I know will make a big difference is number one, gratitude journaling. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be big one to three things that you are grateful that you had the chance to do today. And that could be something small, like I'm grateful I had a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. And the reason I like to focus on this is gratitude exercises like that are known to rewire your brain and get you on a positive thinking loop, thinking about the good things, no matter how small they are. Mm -hmm. And that right there is fulfilling. If you knew you did something on a small scale that made a difference for yourself every day, that adds up over time. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to make you be thinking of more positive things so that you can start to make more of an impact. Yeah. And then part number two, 
that I would suggest is get 10 minutes of movement, go for a 10 minute walk, try to go out in the sun. If you're in a part of the world that has the sun and if not, there's treadmills there, you walk around your house for 10 minutes, whatever it is, get your body moving because blood flow, lymphatic flow, all of those things will help get your creative flow going so that you can figure out what you need to do to mm -hmm. live in fulfillment. Amazing. Thank you so much for the, the awesome list of actionable steps here. I don't think our listeners have any excuses not to take action on at least one of those. So we, we you gave them everything. And I think that I, I totally agree. Like those are things, if most of them I implement in my life and it has seen massive change. And, um, and, and Anna and Flaviano are two people who, you know, do these steps, you know, everyone was every single day and they are, you know, incredible people who are really fulfilled and happy where they're at and in a thriving relationship. And I think there is a correlation between the two. So um, definitely, definitely take those into consideration. And if you didn't go and actually write down like the things like Flaviano said, rewind and actually go do it. Don't just listen to it. You got to write it down, take action and make it in stone. That's so true. anyway, it's the attitude. So absolutely, man. Absolutely. hundred percent. All right. So before I ask my last question here, where can our listeners find you on Instagram if they're interested in digging into more of your world? And then could you talk a little bit about your program? If anyone is interested in leveling up their life so they can reach a life of fulfillment by optimizing their health. Mm -hmm. So you can find me at the Anna Silva. That's with two N's, the Anna Silva on Instagram. And I am the Flaviano Silva, F-L-A-V-I-A-N-O. On Instagram. Yes. And yeah. you can find out more information about the Optimal Health Accelerator. I will give you a link that maybe mm -hmm. you can post it in the show notes. Absolutely. And it's also linked on our Instagram page. We're always sharing more information about how to get in contact with us. And we do take applications for that so you can get on the phone with us and we can figure out if we are really a good fit and help you optimize your health overall. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. And everyone listening, I totally encourage you if this is something that you really want to, you know, take seriously in your life, your health, your mindset, everything, the whole nine yards. These are two people that I think you guys should totally explore. They have my stamp of approval and I think you should totally dig into their world if you are so interested. All right, Anna and Flaviano, it's been amazing having you on the show, but I have one last question before we go here. And that is what does fulfillment mean to you guys and what fulfills you in life? Do you want to go first? Do you want to go first? I'll go first. <laughs> fulfillment, fulfillment to me is um, what you said actually in the, in the beginning of this episode is something that I truly believe into. It's how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. Um, and I was always the class clown growing up, but then I would come home and I would be completely the opposite of that. Mm. And once I kind of tied those two worlds together and realized like who I am by myself needs to be who I am with others. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's really where I started along this path of fulfillment where I was like, I, I, I know that if I'm alone, if I'm in a group of two people, 10 people, a thousand people, I'm going to be that same person through and through 24 seven. Mm, that's awesome. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, for me, fulfillment means that I am showing up as the highest version of myself in every moment, just making the best decision with what I have and rewriting patterns and beliefs that were instilled in me. And I'm making a change with that in every step. And that also looks like showing up with love in every moment, love with my partner, love with my family, and just love for everybody else who's trying to make a difference for themselves too. Beautiful. 
Beautiful answers, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I loved having this couple Brenor on here, and you guys are awesome. So thank you so much again for coming on the Outer Fulfillment, guys. Thank you. Thank you, you so much. Us. Thanks for having us. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Art of Fulfillment podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode because there's so many podcasts out there and the fact you listen to this is just absolutely awesome. And as a payback of our utmost gratitude to you, we are making ourselves available to answer any questions you might have on fulfillment, personal development, chasing your passion, your dreams, starting up a business, whatever that may be. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at Joe Corsione with your questions in the DMs and I'll be more than happy to answer any question that you have. So that's at Joe Corsione on Instagram. You can also message us on our official Instagram page at Art of Fulfillment. And regardless, wherever you reach us out, we really, really look forward to connecting with you and you can catch us here at the Art of Fulfillment every single Wednesday with a new episode. All right, everybody. Thank you so much again for listening. And remember, create a fulfilling life for yourself. Take care.